Luke chapter 13 and verse number 11. The Bible says here, and behold, there was a woman. Garrett, forgive me, that's ringing just a bit. Turn that down just a little bit. Verse 11, and behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bowed together and could in no wise lift up herself. And when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said unto her, Woman, thou art loosed from thine infirmity. And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. And the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation, because that Jesus had healed on the Sabbath day, and said unto the people, There are six days in which men ought to work. In them therefore come and be healed, and not on the Sabbath day. And the Lord then answered him and said, Thou hypocrite, doth not each one of you on the Sabbath loose his ox or his ass from the stall and lead him away to watering? And not not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan hath bound, lo, these eighteen years, be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath day? And when he had said these things, all his adversaries were ashamed. And all the people rejoiced for all the glorious things that were done by him. And I want to preach this morning on the thought that you find emphasized in verse 11. And then also from the mouth of Jesus later on in verse eight, uh, 16. 18 years. 18 years is long enough. That's the topic of our sermon today. 18 years is long enough. Father, please help us as we turn our attention now to the Scripture. We pray that the Spirit of God would bear witness, that you would do a work, that you would stir in our hearts. Thank you for what you did amongst the students. And Lord, we want that work to continue in them, and we want you to work in us. God, all of us, we need that touch from on high. I pray you'd fill me with your Spirit now and help us all with ears to hear. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Verse number uh, you guys got to forgive me. My eyes are giving me a little trouble. I'm going to stand back here so I can see it. <laughs> Verse number 13. He laid his hands on her. You know, it would be good if God could get his hands on us this morning. Amen. I wish the Lord would have got his hands on me long before he did. I got saved at the age of 20. I wish, he, I, wish, I, wish I could have met him when I was 13. I wish I could have known him when I was 7. My goodness, as, as life got, got rolling there, so many mistakes that I will forever regret. But I'm glad on the 3rd of August, 1996, Jesus passed by my way and got his hands on me. Amen, I'm glad for that. In verse 13, it says, he, immediately she was made straight. The world, this crooked world, this crooked generation that we're in, right? And each generation, I think, can say that. Crooked politics, crooked business practices, just crooked. Everything's just bent and perverted, and, and it's not upright. It's not straight. It's not the way God intended it. When Jesus gets his hands on it, he just takes those crooked places and makes them straight. Straightens us out. Amen. And that's what we need. We need his hands on our lives, straightening us out. 18 years being bent over. Can you imagine? You ever had a sore back? You, you ever woke up just with a kink in your neck or something? You just go through the whole day kind of sideways. The whole world is just off. Everything's off. Can you imagine going through life just bent over the whole time? I mean, it gets annoying just to spend that to stay in that posture for a few minutes, but can you imagine 18 years 
bent over. This is the position of extreme pain, by the way. When you're, when you're out of breath or in extreme pain, somebody's hit you in the gut, this is the position. You're just bent over. 18 years this woman spent bound. Now Jesus is able to come along and say that Satan had done it. And that's how the biblical author knew that it was a spirit of infirmity that had been bothering her. Not every illness is caused by the devil. Let's, let's be sure we're, we're on the same page there. But this one was. And by the way, these kind of illnesses are not arbitrary. It's not as if the devil just walks by and boom, you're cursed now with a sickness. There's always a reason for these things. But that's not the focal point of this story. And Jesus getting his hands on this woman, straightening her out physically. If we want to expand our thinking here and just say straightening out her life, that's not even going to be my focus of the story. And I don't think that's why Luke put, the, put this story in here. I'm going to focus my attention in verse number 14. I want to look at the reaction of the ruler of the synagogue. This great thing had been done, this lady 18 years suffering over. She's glorifying God. The people are glorifying God. And the ruler has great indignation. He stands up and says, How dare you come into the house of God on the Sabbath and help someone? Why would he be so angry? Well, this ruler was upset because what Jesus had done did not fit in with his religious tradition. That's not the way he was raised. The religion he was raised with, the tradition he's used to, you don't see people getting help like this. That was precisely the point. That is why Jesus chose the Sabbath day to do this. He could have done this on a Monday, right? He could have done this on a Friday. He could have chosen any other day of the week and avoided this, this confrontation with the ruler of the synagogue. But that was the point to show this man and that portion of society that your religious traditions cannot get the job done. They cannot do what I can do if I get my hands on somebody. It was to show the shortcomings and their misunderstanding, their misapplication, their overemphasis on the Sabbath to say these religious traditions you're making a big deal of are not helping people. She's been bound 18 years and she would have walked away still bound if it was left to the ruler. He was bothered that Jesus did not fit in with his idea of what religion should be. Religion cannot get it done. What can wash away my sins? We just sang it. Nothing but the blood of Jesus, not the Sabbath day. You can come to church on the Sabbath day all you want. It won't forgive you of anything. It won't straighten your life out. You let Jesus get his hands on your life, it'll straighten your life out. It'll take those crooked things in your heart and get them right. But this man, he was upset about it. You know what he could have done? That ruler could have seen the difference that Jesus made in that lady's life and said, wow. That's not something we've ever seen happen in our synagogue. This is impressive. Everybody, listen, church-wide announcement. Go get your friends, your relatives, your neighbors, anybody that's sick and hurting, has a broken life. Bring them quick, fast to the synagogue. We got an answer for this stuff. Right? That, that would have been a very appropriate response, wouldn't have been. But that's not what he did. Rather than getting excited about people getting help, this man got angry because it didn't fit in with his idea of religion. 
He, Jesus was not helping people the way this guy thought people should be helped. Jesus was doing it the Father's way. He was doing it the Bible way. He was doing it the right way. With no regard to religious tradition or the popular opinion of society, he had a job to do. He was entrusted by the Father to come and help people, to seek and to save that which was lost. And when he got to this woman, he said, 18 years is long enough. I don't care if it's the Sabbath day. She needs help now. And the ruler of the synagogue says, that doesn't fit in with our tradition. That's not comfortable for the way we live. Send her away. If you want help, come back some other day. Makes me think of Pharaoh. Remember this story back there in the book of Exodus? The flies are bothering the people and he brings Moses in and says, pray to your God, get rid of the flies. And he says, okay, when do you want me to pray? I do it tomorrow. Really? Pharaoh, you think Moses can pray the flies away, but you want him to wait another day? Why spend one more night with the flies? <laughs> or frogs or whatever the plague was, why spend one more night with them? Get rid of them now. 18 years is long enough. There are people all around us here in our town. Maybe some of you are from out of town, so plug in whatever town you're from because this is true all over the world. Bent over with life's problems. Suffering, whether it's a physical ailment, an emotional problem, most of all a spiritual problem, and they just have no hope of getting over it. They need somebody to pass by and irrespective of how they were raised or what's popular or what the religious tradition in that town is to say, you need help and I know how you can get the help. I know where you can find it and, and even though this isn't comfortable for me and I'm not used to doing it, I wanna tell you that if Jesus gets his hands on you, he can straighten your life out. Say, well, Brother Mike, I'm not comfortable telling other people that they can find help in Jesus. You know, that I wasn't raised in a church where we go out and tell people about these kind of things. You know, I, I, think, I think religion is private. Jesus didn't. The apostles didn't. The, the disciples, not just the apostles, just believers in Christ in the book of Acts, they didn't think religion was private. They spoke up. You say, well, I don't believe in talking about it. You know, that just causes problems. It also, it also fixes things. <laughs> so I'm afraid I'm gonna offend someone. Well, you might help someone. If they get offended, listen, I'm not, I'm not telling you to be rude about it, but if you do not lead the horse to water, the horse cannot drink. So I'm afraid I'm gonna make the horse angry. That's the horse's problem. <laughs> be nice when you do it. Right? Don't slap the horse to get him to drink. Be nice when you do it, but, but how dare you not take a hungry or thirsty horse to somewhere where that horse can get water? Look at what Jesus points out here at the end of verse 15. The Lord then answered him and said, Thou hypocrite, doth not each one of you on the Sabbath loose his ox or his ass from the stall and lead him away to what? To watering. Your animal's thirsty. Even on the Sabbath day, you'd take, that you'd take that animal to the watering hole. Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you? If you had an opportunity to give drink to a thirsty animal, would you do it? Now, I want you to think about that before you answer it. Be careful. Because if you're willing to do that for an animal... You ought to be willing to do it for a thirsty soul. God, my soul pants after you like the heart by the water brook, right? 
As the heart panteth after the water brook, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. There are thirsty souls all around us waiting for a drink of that living water. They just don't know how to find it. They can't get there. They need somebody to lead them to the water. Now listen, whether or not they drink it, that's up to them. But they need the water to be presented to them. If we would do it for our pets, how is it that we cannot adopt the same idea for lost souls? You say, well, Brother Mike, you know, in the way I was raised, the way we do things in South Africa, the church I grew up in, is that the reason you won't try to tell a lost soul about Christ? Because the ruler of your synagogue doesn't like it? Because he got angry at it? Because he said, that, that's not the way we do it around here? That, that's how God gets it done. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. Dr. Ruckman, I've given you the quote at the bottom of your paper there. People spend more on dog food than they give to missions. That's a very plain but powerful statement. People treat their pets better than their neighbors. You would lead that animal to water, but would you lead a soul to the living water? John chapter 7, I've also given you the verse on your paper. In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. The next verse goes on to say, This he spake of the Spirit. That living water is the Holy Spirit bubbling up inside of you. But notice it says, the, out of the belly, it flows, right? Flows rivers of living water. Do you see that? Is the water moving in there? If you're saved, it should flow from you, and the purpose of it flowing from you is to water somebody else. I fear that too many times we have adopted the attitude of the ruler of the synagogue. We have great indignation about somebody asking us to do something a little different than our religious background. Go, how, that, that's, no, 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 we can't go like that. I, I'm going to lose my reputation. I'm gonna be rejected by society. When fact of the matter is, the, the living water is in you. And all you need to do is make that available to the people around you. I would ask you to please lead the horse to water and on your on your paper there, I've given you this question, why won't you lead the horse to water? So my four points today are actually not mine at all. I'm almost done with my sermon. I'm asking you to fill in those four points. This leader, this ruler of the synagogue, he wouldn't dare lead that horse to water because it didn't fit in with his religious background. Maybe he felt uncomfortable. Maybe he was afraid he didn't know what to say. I don't know what you want to put on that list. But why is it you won't do that? You have the living water inside of you. You have something inside of you that straightened your life out, didn't it? Didn't it straighten you out? Didn't it help you? I wish somebody would have found me before I was 20. After I got saved, you know what happened? People started coming around going, oh man, we're so glad you got saved. 
And I asked them, okay, well, are you saved? Oh, yeah, I've been saved, you know, five, six, seven, eight, ten years. I got saved when I was 12. I got saved when I was 15. And I went to school with them. I said, why didn't you tell me? Where have you been? I've been, you, you let me walk around thirsty for five, six years? And you're going to call me a friend? If I'm thirsty and you won't even give me a drink of water, you do that for your dog. And you didn't do it for me? That didn't sit well with me. 18 years is long enough for anybody to be thirsty. It's long enough for any animal to be bound up, tied up to that hitching post of sin where he can't get loose to get the water. Been long enough. People are waiting long. How is it, how is it in Pacha's room that we can meet people, give them the gospel, and they say, I've never heard this before? We have, listen to this, 140 churches registered in this town. 140. Not only then should everybody in Potch have heard the gospel, but they should be pastoring a church. <laughs> 140 churches, and yet we find people that says, I've never heard this. 18 years is long enough. I am not asking you today to barge into your office tomorrow morning or into your classroom and do something rude and awkward and go, bam, doors fly open. All right, everybody, I'm holding you hostage until you get saved. Everybody has to get saved. You're all going to hell. I'm not asking you to be silly or awkward or rude. What I am asking you to do is to adopt this eager attitude of trying to lead people to the living water. To not only take advantage of every opportunity that comes your way, but to be looking for those opportunities. That's what I'm asking. That's what I'm trying to get you to do. Not to act out of what is reasonable, right? Not, I'm not asking you to do something crazy. Just to make the water available to a thirsty soul. Can you do that? See, I've never done it before. Got to start somewhere. 18 years is long enough. Long enough. I was in the mall the other day, just to give you an example. I was carrying my Bible with me. Not this one. I have a smaller one that I travel with. I carried that Bible. I was, I was going to sit down and do some reading. I went to that little coffee shop there in the mall, that one right in the middle. And all I did was put my Bible down on the counter. And I was getting my wallet out. And the young lady said, well, would you like? I like this kind of coffee. And she says, oh, I see you're reading the Bible. I said, yes, ma'am, I am. She said, that's a wonderful book. I said, yes, it is. Are you saved? She started it. <laughs> she said, it's a wonderful book. Yes, it is. And I want to know why she thinks that. So now we get into why do you think it's a wonderful book? Are you saved? Because, man, saved people say things like that. Turns out she wasn't. Turns out she said, you know, I've been going through a real desperate time in my life. I've been searching for answers and I've been thinking about turning to the Bible because I can't find them anywhere else. I said, ma'am, I can tell you all the answers you need are in there. And specifically, they're in one person. If you come right with Christ, I promise you he'll straighten the rest of it out in due time. And we had a lovely, about a five-minute conversation about the gospel. She thought that she needed to save herself by fixing everything in her life. 
She was trying to manufacture water out of nothing. I said, the water is available. It's been poured forth. All you need to do is come and drink, taste and see that the Lord is good. All I did was make it available to her. That's it. That's all the conversation was. I didn't have to stand up in the middle of the mall and say, hear ye, hear ye, all ye sinners. I didn't have to do that. I just had a Bible with me. And it sparked a conversation. Could you do that? Say, well, you know, that's just not how I do it. Well, maybe you ought to try something. Hang on, hang on. This is a rough word. Different. <laughs> Let's not be scared of different, especially when we're asking you to do something right and biblical and godly. John chapter 5. Would you mind flipping over there just for a moment? John 5. 18 years is long enough. Why won't you lead the horse to water? I've given you four blanks to fill out. Maybe you need more, maybe you need less. Why is it that you're not looking for those opportunities? Why is it that you're not trying to create a few? John chapter 5, we have this wonderful story of the pool of Bethesda. Verse 3, in these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, of blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. What's the problem? Verse 5, a certain man was there which had an infirmity 30 and 8 years. You thought 18 years was long. 30 and 8 years. When Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been now a long time in that case, he saith unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? Sir, you want some help? You, you know why Jesus asked these questions? They seem obvious, right? They seem almost rhetorical. Obviously, he wants to be made whole. But, but, it's our job to lead the horse to water. We can't make him drink. I can bring you to the water, but if you want to be saved, that's up to you. Do you want to be made whole? Do you want your life straightened out? Do you want to have a relationship with God? That's up to you. But I'll do my part. Will thou be made whole? Verse 7, the impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man. There's the problem. For 38 years, the angel come down and stir that water, move that water, and that water gets to wishing and washing around, and man, people get excited. Well, I gotta get down there in the water, and they'd step over this man, around that man, jump over and just ignore that man to get to the water. For 38 years, I have no man, when the water is troubled, to put me into the pool. But while I am coming, another steppeth down before me. Here's this man crawling, clawing his way to the water. He's impotent. He can't walk. Crawling, pulling himself, and rather than somebody saying, shame, here is this older gentleman who can't make his way to the water. Rather, get him there. He's been waiting long enough. Well, I got my own problems. That's your, that's your problem. This, I got my own problem. Just step right down in front of him, right before him. Sir, I have no man. Jesus said 38 years is long enough. Long enough. Verse 8, rise, take up thy bed, and walk. And immediately, that man got straightened out. 
Coincidentally, Jesus did this on the Sabbath. <laughs> Just to show them, religious tradition is not going to get the job done. You need to have a personal interaction with Christ. That'll straighten your life out. Jesus, on these occasions, he brought the water to the people. This man was trying to climb his way to the water. Jesus said, the water's coming to you today. <laughs> you know what we need to decide this morning? You need to take seriously what Jesus said, that out of his belly shall flow rivers, rivers, plural, rivers, multiple rivers of living water. Rivers, one for you, one for you, one for you, one for everybody that God brings across my path and I get an opportunity to speak up and tell them about the one who got his hands on my life and straightened me out, did for me what no religion, no other person, no, no other program could ever do. Now I want to share that with somebody. Every chance I get. I want to adopt that attitude. God, you give me this chance. I'm going to let... This water that's in me, rather than waiting for the people to come to me, this lifestyle evangelism, I'm just going to live so godly and so holy and so pure, people are just going to come knocking at my house going, ooh, I want to be like you. That doesn't happen. Yes, we need to have a good testimony so that when it's our time to speak up, it actually means something. But the impotent the ones bound by Satan, bent over, unable to help themselves, they cannot wait for the water. They can't make their way to the water. Rather, they need somebody to loose them and get the water to them. We have the water in us, rivers of living water. Now let's take the water to them. 18 years is long enough. 38 years is long enough. What are they waiting for? Sir, I need somebody to pick me up, take me to the water. Jesus says, I'll do you one better. The water's here. The water's here. 18 years is long enough. I fear that just like the ruler of the synagogue, if you remember the story in Luke 13, after Jesus rebuked them, it says they were ashamed because Jesus made a good point. You treat your animals better than you treat your neighbors. And they hung their heads. And I fear that there might be genuinely saved people that get to the judgment seat of Christ God says uh, you accepted my son yes welcome home you can enter in and, and, uh, and how many are coming with you how many did you bring with because you're allowed to invite friends on this trip it's, it's you know you can have a plus one or a plus five or a plus a hundred you can plus as much as you want how many did you bring with oh no I'm, I'm just I just me I just came alone. And it might be right about then that the head begins to hang. Man, I, I could have told somebody, but I didn't. It's been long enough. Now's as good a time as any. Take the water to somebody. Let's all stand, if you would, please. Let's have our heads bowed and our eyes closed for a few minutes. I have said it so many times, I'll keep saying it. There are so many ways to get this done. You don't have to, you don't have to go out in the streets to do it. 
You don't have to stand up in front of a church to do it. I'll tell you where it starts. Right here, right now, you saying, God, please give me a chance to lead somebody to the water. Right now. This is where it starts. Ask for that opportunity. And then as you go about your week, look for God to answer that prayer. Now see, if you have no intention of actually sharing the gospel with anybody, don't pray that today. This would be the right time to turn to that paper I gave you and fill out why you won't lead the horse to water. This would be the right time. Why won't you pray that prayer? Go ahead and fill that out. Say, God, I'd rather not talk about your son because... Go ahead and fill that out. Not one of us is going to reach all of Potch. It's highly doubtful you'll reach every workmate or classmate you have. Reach the ones you can. Let God use you to get His hands on another sinner and straighten that life out. As I close, I want to ask this. If, if you're here this morning, and maybe the Lord Jesus has never grabbed a hold of your life. Perhaps you've never had a personal encounter with Him. You've never asked Him to save your soul, to straighten you out. He's not only willing, but waiting, ready you say the word and he will come in you call upon the name of the Lord he will save you you can just say Lord I, I've tried so many things to straighten my own life out and it hasn't worked but I know that your blood what, that, that blood you shed on the cross that can wash away my sins I believe that Lord pl- please come into me now straighten me out Cleanse me. Make me right. Would you do that, sinner? Would you do that this morning? Oh, once, once the, that living water enters in, you'll have that undeniable desire to share it with somebody else. It's so refreshing. How could you not? Now, nobody's looking around. This is just between you and me and the Holy Spirit. If you're here and you say, Pastor, I've, I've never been saved, but I would really like Jesus to come into my heart, get His hands on me, just pray for me. I, I can't save you. I'm not going to save you with my prayer. I just want to pray for you. Would you just slip your hand up? You can put it right back down. I would just like to pray for you. Anybody like that? No one's going to point you out. Just going to pray for you. Pastor, please pray for me. I appreciate your honesty. Amen. Father, thank you this morning for the privilege, the privilege of talking about what you've done in my life, how you've straightened me out. There's still a lot of work to be done, but Lord, I'm so glad this morning that you do live within.
Father, help me. Every opportunity that comes my way, Lord, I want to be a vessel meet for the Master's use. Lord, I love getting to talk about you with other people. And I pray you'd let some other folks in this room today, let them have that experience as well. This week, bring somebody across their path that they can help. They can plant a few seeds. They can say something that draws that sinner closer to Christ. Lord, help us never to stay quiet about you. Never to be ashamed of you. Help us to break free religious tradition, social expectations. Lord, somebody needs a drink of that cool water. Help us, God, please. Father, this week, help us to stay ready to say what needs to be said about you. Thank you for speaking to our hearts today. Please, even this, this evening, continue to work, continue to teach us. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.